This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You're, you're with Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, the landslide at Batangali. We're going to be talking to Dr. Lim Tekwin, Honorary Associate Professor of Geography at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia, about what led to this disaster and what can stop it from happening again. Tell us, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for far too long? What urgent policy measures do we need? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and um, I suppose we should just, um, it is it is quite a difficult story to cover. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, early this morning, um, an acre-wide landslide hit a campsite near the father's organic farm in Batangkali. This is on the alternative road to Gunting Highlands near Gotongjaya. Um, and uh, according to Slango Fire and Rescue Department Director Datuk Norazam Kamis, firefighters began arriving at the scene at about 3 a.m. after receiving a distress call around 2 a.m. Now, a total of 51 adults and 30 children were registered for an overnight stay, according to a person in charge of the campsite. As of 1 p.m., uh, 61 victims have been brought out safely from the area with 16 people dead. Uh, so many more are still missing. So the thing is, search and rescue operations are still underway. Um, 17 victims, I believe, are still unaccounted for. Um, and among the, the victims are 20 SJKC Munchung teachers um, and their family members who had decided to go camping there for a three-day trip. They had been there since Wednesday. So the head of the Parent Teacher Association, Yu Chin Ong, said that the landslide actually happened on the opposite side of the camp and the campers had thought that um, the campers had thought that area was safe. Uh, those rescued from the camping round are currently seeking refuge at the Huluyam Baru Police Station at Batangkali. Uh, some are being treated at uh, HKL for minor injuries. Now, if we look at the response, um, based on an initial report from the Public Works Department on slope damage, there was no indication that the slope next to the campsite was going to give way. Uh, meanwhile, Local Government Development Minister Nga Koming has said that the campsite itself was operating illegally, even though the farm had a license to operate. Yeah, so uh, I think in news reports, uh, Nga Koming uh, noted what the fines are for uh, this particular infraction. But uh, it, and it goes back to a lot of what's being talked about, you know, um, still early days in terms of the source uh, and uh, the cause of the, the landslide and also, you know, who bears responsibility. So I think early days is something that is very important to say, because right now, um, obviously, the focus is on on uh, rescue, search and rescue, on making sure that the victims get the help that they might need. The Women, Family and Community Development Ministry, for instance, has said they're also providing counselling sessions for those that have been traumatised by the landslide. And of course, um, something like this then also uh, becomes a reason for concern for others who are still in that area and who live in that area as well. So there's a lot of, um, uh, I suppose, knee-jerk, immediate responses. Uh, but I, I think that there is a larger conversation to be had in terms of why did it come to this and what should we be putting in place and doing much, much better so that 
these sorts of things don't happen again. Right. So the Mineral and Geoscience Department's disaster team uh, visited the site to, uh, to determine the cause. So I think uh, they're going to be tasked uh, to, to do that, though I think there will be, and, and it's expected, many other stakeholders who are concerned about the area, concerned with the Selangor State Government's plans for the area, who have over the months, uh, you know, express their concerns about the kinds of developments that are happening in the area. So uh, I think it's uh, pretty legitimate for them to be part of this conversation. It's Yes, you might want the experts to uh, drive the, the determination of what actually happened with this particular incident, but there is a larger, as you say, a larger conversation about uh, the area and how it should be protected or not, or developed. So we will be joined after this by Dr. Lim Tech Win, who's the uh, Honorary Associate Professor of Geography at University of Nottingham, Malaysia. Uh, but in the meantime, do send your thoughts through. Have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for far too long. What urgent policy measures do we need? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note, or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free minded. BFM eighty nine point nine. It's 6.13. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we are talking about the Batangkali landslide that happened early this morning. Uh, We are asking you, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for too long? And what sorts of urgent policy measures do we need? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Dr. Lim Tekwin, honorary associate professor of geography at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia. Tekwin, good to have you with us. Hi, good evening, Shamila. So we understand that you've been looking at images from Google Earth to get a sense of the scale and extent of the landslide. Uh, what are some of your first impressions? Yeah, well, there are no images of the landslide on Google Earth yet. However, Bomba has released images from drones, and I've also studied uh, imagery from uh, a helicopter uh, ride over the area. I I was not there personally, but I did manage to get a fairly clear picture from the historical imagery of the area and combined with the local plan. So you can see where the roads were, where the topography was, and what the state of the forest was over the last 20 years or so. Yeah, and yeah. so w- uh, what general conclusions can you come to uh, for right, I, that, that information? Yeah, so some short-term uh, um, obvious causes uh, that uphill of the far- of the farm, there was a patch of forest. And until about the middle of last year, that forest was intact. However, uh, by the end of last year, there was a dirt road constructed through the forest. The vegetation had been cleared and there were earthworks going on. So that indicates that uh, the the direction of the road also we can compare with the streams. Uh, the streams are visible from topographical maps from the Department of Survey and Mapping. And so I can see that uh, this dirt road uh, cut across the streams. And so without having been there, it's it's hard to know for sure, but it uh, based on my understanding and my uh, study of other similar landslides, such as the Highland Tower landslide, it seems fairly clear that what happened is that the road which was constructed altered the course of the stream, which uh, now the recent heavy rain meant that there was a buildup of water in the area, which caused waterlogging of the soil and the failure of the slope. 
So reports have said that the landslide happened, quote-unquote, without warning. But that said, there was an incident just five days ago when part of the road near the Gotong Memorial Park gave way in a landslide. And that's less than 15 kilometres from this morning's incident. Should this have perhaps been taken as a warning? Well, I don't think we should have to rely on such things for warning. The area shouldn't have been developed in the first place. And so the the area is a steep uh, place, which is uh, originally was part of the Batangkali Forest Reserve. And so it should not have been approved for development. And so I think you might have noticed that uh, Sabat Alam issued statements saying that this area should be zoned for protection and not, and not for commercial development. And uh, and so th- these were objections that were made several months ago uh, regarding the draft uh, local plan for the area. Yeah, I think you probably are referring to the Ganting Hulu Slangod Special Development Plan. But before we get there, can we just get some a, a sense of what's actually happening on the ground? We believe that the Mineral and Geoscience Department's disaster team visited to determine the cause. What would they be looking for? Right. Unfortunately, the evidence is no longer there because it's been swept away. You know, the the whole uh, section of land that had been disturbed is now... Uh, like a hundred yards down uh, down the hill, and so they need to look at the previous uh, uh, satellite imagery of the area, and they will see from that that the area had been disturbed by around about the middle of last year. There'd been some kind of logging, land clearance, and um, uh, as I mentioned, road construction just uphill of the farm, and so it's it's a bit uh, too late to see anything on the ground. But uh, what if they had been there yesterday, they would have seen that there is an earth road. There was an earth road in the area and uh, quite likely the earth road crossing these streams was poorly constructed. It didn't have proper river crossings or stream crossings. Normally, when you build uh, these kind of logging roads, you need to build what are known as culverts to make sure the, the stream doesn't uh, pond behind the road. But uh, these culverts need to be regularly maintained and um, so they, because they can easily clog up when you have heavy rainfall. And they were what uh, almost certainly they would have found had they been there last night is that the culverts were blocked and uh, ponding uh, was occurring and the water was building up. Techwin, you've mentioned uh, that this area shouldn't have been developed uh, several times already. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, where does climate change come into all of this? Do these two factors work hand in hand? Yeah, so to take a step back, these uh, landslides happen naturally and they've been happening uh, since uh, uh, for eternity. But now that we have this uh, global climate change. What's happening in Malaysia is that there's more intense drought and also more intense rainfall. During the rainy season, we can expect the more intense periods of flooding and rainfall. And so it's likely that uh, these kind of landslides uh, and um, erosion generally and flooding generally are going to become more frequent. Now, in August, there was, in fact, a plan uh, that was unveiled for the development of tourism and commercial, uh, commercial entities in the area. It was a draft of the Ganting Hulu Slangod Special Development Plan. It's been opposed by several groups, including the Association for the Protection of Natural Heritage of Malaysia, or PAKA. Uh, they're calling for the Slangod state government to purchase all the privately owned land and turn it into a permanent forest reserve. Will that solve the problem is that what's really at stake here? 
All right. Well, this landslide is not immediately uh, adjacent to the uh, Genting Highlands. It is down the slope, but some uh, like several hundred meters away from the uh, the start of the uh, the Genting. Uh, cable car station. And so the cable car itself has got a minimal impact on the forest, but it seems that the plan now is to develop a land that, that is currently forested, both on the top of the ridge with uh, with Bahang and also uh, slightly downhill from the, uh, the cable car station, which is where the landslide took place. And so you can see this is this is the kind of uh, tragedy that will happen when you allow development to take place in environmentally sensitive area without ad adequate controls. And by controls, I mean there was uh, no EIA done and no adequate monitoring done. So, um, in addition to that, the Association for the Protection of Natural Heritage of Malaysia, Opaka, has called for the Selangor government to purchase all privately owned land in the area and to turn it into a permanent forest reserve. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I, I would say that in the long term, that is one uh, solution. Uh, in uh, whether or not there's the political will to do such things remains to be seen. However, I was encouraged to hear that the Pakistan uh, government in their manifesto, they did pledge one billion ringgit to buy back land from the states for conservation. And perhaps this is uh, one area where that money could be put into effect. Can we talk about the environmental impact of this incident? What I mean, we talked about the human life and the cost it's had uh, to all these families. But what about the environment? All right. Well, the immediate environment has been destroyed. Like the almost the entire farm area has been flattened uh, and it's now replaced by a, a muddy area. But as I said earlier, you know, this is natural. And if you just leave it, the forest will come back if it is allowed to regenerate, you know, if it isn't uh, cleared further. And so... There, there is some short-term impact as well downstream. It's going to be uh, the water's going to be very muddy for a while, but again, it's it's only short-term. In terms of long-term environmental impact, that will be uh, a result of uh, the development if the development of that whole area is allowed to continue, which was, uh, as you stated, as uh, part of the plan. So there isn't a. <laughs> I suppose it's not for a lack of data, right? Because if we look at a report, for instance, by Environmental Portal Makaranga, they noted that uh, 600 lives have been lost to landslides since 1961, as of 2019. So with data like this available, um, what is really stopping us from having enough initiatives be being put in place? Why do we not have better systems to prevent this? Well, one thing, and this is very much the case in Ampang Jaya, is there's a lack of accountability. There are no local government elections. And so when a, a landslide or tragedy happens, the uh, well, in the case of Highland Towers, the local uh, the people affected tried to sue the local government, but the courts held that the local government was immune from being prosecuted. So, yeah, there's... Uh, no accountability. And similarly, with this incident, we will see, uh, we will see a lot of finger pointing. For example, the councillor, uh, uh, the ex-co member in charge of the environment, I'm sure he's going to try and wash his hands of this. He should resign, you know. This is an environmental issue in Selangor. He needs to take accountability. And similarly with the Muntri Basar, this is a, a land development issue. 
I, I think the Montreal Bazaar needs to take accountability. But I imagine they would just uh, try and shift the blame to the Federal Department of Environment. And similarly, uh, everyone will say, okay, it's a terrible tragedy, but it's an act of God. And there will be no individual held accountable under the current system, unfortunately. That's the way things are. Our, uh, our priorities completely wrong, you know, in the sense that the Slangle State government uh, feels compelled to constantly produce uh, plans for commercial, uh, for, you know, and tourist activities. It, it's all about job creation. It's about GDP growth, whatever it is. Are we just not getting the balance right yeah, I mean, we get uh, mixed messages as well, as you uh, as was mentioned in your headline. Like the deputy minister of environment is the owner of several logging companies in Sarawak, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know the environment the exco for Selangor seems to be more of a, an apologist for development rather than safeguarding the environment. But I, I'm, I'm, I am cautiously optimistic about the new government in that both the BN and Pakistan have pledged forest protection in their manifesto. But now's the time for them to put their uh, money where their mouth is, you know, to walk the talk. Uh, it'd be good to see some real concrete action coming out of this tragedy. Um, earlier on, you mentioned how we shouldn't need to be looking to these piecemeal things like there was a landslide a few days ago um, as a warning system. Is there actually a way to create an early warning system for landslides? Yeah, well, this is the whole point of having land use planning in that you can see where the steep areas are. You know, there are a lot of very well-qualified geologists in Malaysia. And in fact, we have a, a department that looks at slope safety and stability. And so we know where the high-risk areas for landslides are. This is It's not rocket science. We map these areas out. So we know that this area in particular, Gunting Highlands, the slope, uh, Batangkali area, it is a high-risk area for landslides. So in terms of early warning, we know where the risky areas are. So it's, it makes no point trying to say, okay, there's going to be a landslide happening tomorrow. Uh, no, we know that it's just a matter of time before landslides happen in these areas. It, like, like I said, it's a natural occurrence, and so they will be happening. And so instead of trying to predict exactly when they will happen, we need to just uh, manage our development so it doesn't uh, risk, uh, put people's lives at risk. Tegwin, there's a lot of concern that there will be shifting of blame, there will be hand washing, and that at the end of the day, uh, perhaps apart from the small players in this story, nobody's going to be held accountable. Is it uh, you know, when we look at the Sri Muda in, um, example, is there a case for class action suits and that kind of action in order to, in fact, get the big guys, nail the big guys? Yeah, so legal action should be a last resort, of course. But uh, unfortunately, it's often uh, seems to be the only uh, uh, recourse that, uh, that uh, citizens have. There is... There is uh, a record of uh, courts in Malaysia throwing out uh, class actions uh, be, uh, because of lack of standing. Um, uh, hopefully the courts will, and, and the current government, will respect the rights of citizens and NGOs in particular to launch uh, legal suits and will not challenge the standing of, uh, of these kind of public uh, interest litigation. Uh, that's my hope, yes. We have about a minute and a half left. Just in closing, what are some immediate measures that you'd like to see happen in response to this incident? 
Well, I would like to see everyone uh, take accountability for it and not try and shift the blame. In, in fact, I, I would like to see that the, the Slango state government to agree to reconsider the plan to develop that uh, that part of uh, Slango. And I'd like to see the federal government come forward with specific commitments to compensate the state if their land needs to be taken out of development and into conservation. Tegwin, thanks for speaking with us today. Thanks, my pleasure. That was Dr. Lim Tegwin, Honorary Associate Professor of Geography at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia, uh, helping us understand the landslide that happened earlier this morning at Batangkali, uh, and in many ways um, emphasising that need to um, take accountability to put better land planning systems in place. Uh, let us know what are your thoughts on this. Are Uh, Let us know, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for far too long? What urgent policy measures do we need? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It's 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we are talking about the landslide that happened at Batangkali early this morning. And we've been asking you, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for far too long? What urgent policy measures do we need? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we're getting plenty of messages and thoughts already. We'll get to them shortly. But we do have on the line with us um, Daniel Arif, whose farm is in Ulutamu, uh, just about 15 minutes away from where the landslide happened. Good evening, Daniel. Uh, hi, guys. Good evening. How did you first hear about the landslide? Um yeah, actually, I heard about it uh, early in the morning. Uh, just just after I woke up, uh, some of my friends actually were sharing that uh, video of the landslide. So I asked them, like, you know, where, you know, where is this? So they, they they told me like it was near somewhere near Father's Organic Farm, which is uh, you know along the Batangkali Genting Highlands Road. So yeah, I mean, everyone was shocked about it. Yeah, what about it shocked you? I mean, is it that landslides don't happen or that it should have such devastating consequences? Yeah, uh, uh, first thing is uh, I have my, my durian farm in Ulutamu, which is for more around, more than like six, seven years. And I know like a lot of farmers over there uh, in, in, my, in my village in, in Ulutamu and also somewhere nearby there. Uh, nobody, nobody expected it to happen because... Uh, you know, for the past five to six years where I've been farming, there are no incidences of, you know, that kind of landslides, you know, big or small. You know, some, some places like I think in Cameron Highlands or in Kenting Highlands, you do get that kind of minor landslips. But yeah, so far, you know, this is like a, a big one for the past at least, you know, decade. Yeah, so you you talk about the community in shock. Is it just going to be one of those things where people say, "Well, it's a act of God. It was a freakish incident." Or are they going to uh, are they saying something needs to be done? And are they kind of thinking about the next course of action? Uh, I, I think for us collectively, you know, there needs to be you know uh, some course of action where you know the the, the you know, some of the ways that we could actually contribute is by you know monitoring you know if there's if we see any landslips and all then you know we should report it directly to you know the you know, relevant government agencies of if there are any new farms that are being propping up we we should meet up with the new owners and you know you, we we should actually discuss with them in terms of how if they want to develop new farms or you know open up something new then they should do it in a more sustainable manner 
Actually, Danielle, on that note, um, are there activities in the surrounding area that, um, you know, could possibly undermine slope integrity? Is this something that uh, you and um, others in the farming community think about? Yeah, I mean, over specifically that area, I'm not really sure about because usually we only pass by. You know, we've we've been to that, you know, uh, that area a few times. But as far as like, you know, big, big developments, you know, suddenly there's like a 50 acre farm or, you know, suddenly you hear about them, you know, uh, developers building like new housing development, anything like, no, you know, we, we never heard anything big around there. It's just all those, you know, small, small, you know, boutique resorts, that kind of farm stays are clamping. Yeah, Daniel, you know, there was the Gunting Hulu uh, Slango development plan, a special development plan was, uh, around which tourism and, and other commercial activities were desi- were being designed by the state government. Uh, there are critics of it say this shouldn't happen, that in fact the state government should come and buy up that l- private land and turn this into a permanent forest because it is in fact unsustainable and, and in fact reeks of... Uh, of a d- denial of what's happening in terms of climate change. What's your position on this? Well, I, I think we need to strike a balance between, you know, developing uh, tourism, that, that whole area, uh, that Batangkali area, uh, also our area, Ulutamu, and a, a nearby village called Lurening is, is a very good place for people to go for, you know, ecotourism. But uh, I, I think, like, if we're talking about really sensitive areas, you know, uh, hills or high slopes, then, you know, the government should actually, you know, do something, like, you know, like in the master plan. Are landslides generally something you worry about at this time of the year? Yes, because, uh, you know, that area, Batangkali, we receive a lot of rainfall, uh, you know, especially in, in December. Uh, and for the past year, for for the for this past year, this year twenty two, we we do receive like a lot of rainfall. Uh, August, October, uh, also in sometime in April, May, also we do receive like a lot of rainfall. So you know, so far as as I mentioned before, like you know, we've been here for you know more than five years, so we have been you know experienced this kind of you know massive uh, you know landslide. Daniel, I want to push back a little bit on what I asked you earlier, which is that, you know, if the government said to you know today and they you know had a complete change of heart in terms of what they think environment and development ought to be, they say, look, we're going to take back your land, we're going to pay you for it, and we're going to rewild the, the area. Would you resist? Well, I, uh, personally, I'm I'm okay with it, but I mean, if the government could actually compensate us with another piece of land, then you know. That's much better than you know monetary compensation, actually. Daniel, uh, just in closing, what are some immediate measures that you'd like to see happen in response to this incident? I, I think the most important thing right now, immediate, is to actually you know do all the slope monitoring, especially along that whole stretch all the way up to uh, Gotong Jaya. Uh, yeah, I think that that's like the the most important part because you know these things they do look like they happen randomly but you know you know there's always you know uh you know bridge underwater you know that things that suddenly can just like happen like that so i think you know a, a, a thorough uh you know slope monitoring and checking should be done like you know now daniel thank you so much for uh, speaking with us and for sharing your points of view
Uh, we've been speaking with Daniel Arif. Um, his farm is in Ulutamu, which is just 15 minutes away from the landslide that happened at Batangkali. Uh, so we thought we'd get, um, I suppose, a view from the from the ground itself. Uh, keep those thoughts coming. We'll get to your messages after this. Have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for too long? What sorts of urgent policy measures do we need? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM eighty nine point nine. The business station. It is 6.45. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we've been talking about the landslide that happened at Batangkali. Um, and we've been asking you, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters? Uh, what urgent policy measures do we need? Keep those thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have... Um, Plenty of thoughts. Let's start. Let's start with this from an anonymous listener who says, "Local government minister Nga Koming announced that the two recent tragedies involving involved operators without licenses. For instance, the Puncha Alam funfair where people fell from rides and uh, the landslide. So, two things that the local government ministry should improve. There was no active enforcement from the local government. Um, uh, they they had been existing for a while, um, and they should have been enforced if uh, people were actually taking up on attending and uh, partaking in the activities. Uh, then goes on to say the ministry should make licensing less bureaucratic." affordable and easier. It's better to encourage operators to register their business activities so that the authorities can monitor them for safety instead of accusing them for operating without licenses after a tragedy happens. Yeah, but Anon, I don't know if we're missing the point here. I mean, even if it was licensed and this was seen as a mm. safe area, this could have happened precisely because no development, if we follow what uh, Tech Win was saying, no development really should be happening in this area. And, you know, so you have a license and now people will focus on the... F- on this fact, rather than the poor design and development developmentalist thinking that is driving the Slango government to make these kinds of decisions, you know, and I, and I really do think, you know, uh, somebody should resign, even if it's just a gesture, not go after the operators, you know, as a first priority, but go after the politicians, demand accountability from them. So Legion's saying exactly that. Um, uh, I sincerely hope authorities do not push the responsibility of the landslide onto the operator uh, because it's an easy scapegoat. I'm not saying uh, that they didn't do something wrong, but um, they need, uh, but they didn't cause the landslides. We need to look for further illegal logging, illegal dumping, illegal developments. Yeah, and it's all about money, isn't it? At the end of the day, we know that this the issue around development, around the encroachment on our forested areas, uh, or the expansion of deforestation is about money. Somebody is making lots of money because of the way uh, these plans have been laid out. And so, you know, when you follow the money trail, you will have a trail of accountability. The question is, are we as media uh, and in other media uh, in the fraternity going to look at the money trail and expose all those responsible for this? I mean, there is some bizarre and perverse notions about development that for, you know, in the 21st century should not ignore the environment. It does happen. But the, the thing that's driving it is greed, isn't it? 
Well, Gokun says, we have to limit hillside developments after this until we learn how to develop along with nature. The trees there are not 10 to 20 years old. They've been there for hundreds of years, showing us that the reason that, showing us that they are the reason the hills are the way they are. Unstable slopes are unstable for a reason and we are the reason. Um, so, I think this is exactly it, isn't it? The short-term gains to be had from um, the economic potential of land development versus the long-term thinking that uh, there are aspects to this that we need to study seriously uh, before giving up land, particularly in hillside areas, for development. Yeah, I wonder if all of us, as you know, as Malaysians and also as you know, denizens of of uh, Slango, are going to take action. You know, and and we have a state election coming up very soon. Are we going to insist that our representatives put this on their agenda, that they address it, and they start to take actions? And or we have we deny them the vote. I mean, that is the only way, apart from going to to the courts for redress. What we really should be doing is to make sure that the environment is top of the agenda for Slango at the next election. Salim says, if buildings in major cities and towns are checked for dangers of fire and every safety hazard before being issued a continuity of business, why can't it be done for landed properties and business uh, to be checked for hazards before issuing a license to allow continuity of whatever they're doing? No excuse for states to continue saying that they don't know what is happening. My sympathy to the, my sympathy to the victims. Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear more from, you know, what the Slango State Government uh, is going to do, especially not just in the immediate term, right, but in fact for the uh, the, the long term. I mean, what plans do they have? Uh, and so, you know, we, instead of getting... I don't know what it is, caught up in the weeds of this of this in terrible tragedy is that we we kind of draw back and look at whether we can start to think better about in the balance between the environment and development in the state. Ravin is saying, great reporting this evening on the landslide. Um, I was concerned as this was a major incident from 3am, but there was very little news in the morning. I'm hoping the PM will come down hard on the gaps. Well, Ravin, to be fair, actually, um, from when I woke up in the morning, there's been extensive updates on uh, both the media and social media. Um, so I'm not sure what you mean by there wasn't a lot of news. But on that point about uh, the PM coming down hard, um, I think it's an interesting uh I think it's a uh, sort of a time when now all eyes are going to be on the new administration because, in a way, this is this is going to be a catalyst. I mean, off air, Sharad, you were saying that um, this might be something that will have to be discussed in Parliament next week. Well, I hope so. And, you know, I believe the Prime Minister has, in fact, uh, uh, you know, said something with regard to the the problem. And, yes. Uh, and he said he said he would go to the to the ground to to inspect this. But um, but. But you're right. I, I think maybe it really took some time for the, the, the just the sheer level of this tragedy to become apparent to all of us. Um, and I think it's because maybe we've become too used to hearing about landslides, uh, but just the scale of it in terms of the death. So I think the death toll now stands, what is it, uh, at uh, 19 uh, with 14 still missing. Keep those thoughts coming. Um 
We are talking about the landslide that happened early this morning at Batangkali. Let us know, have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters for far too long? What urgent policy measures do we need? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM Radio BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. It is 6.56. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're just closing off our conversation on the landslide at Batangkali. We've been asking you for your thoughts. Have we been ignoring the warning signs of environmental disasters? And what urgent policy measures do we need? Keep those thoughts coming. You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note or tweet us. Uh, We have Cal saying... Is there such a thing called uh, an environmental impact assessment in Malaysia before approvals for land development are given? I doubt EIAs are given due importance. Tragedy after tragedy, lives lost. Uh, sorry, I lost my uh, the message. Flash, page. Uh, ah. flash floods. Flash have become... floods have become a norm. Green lung areas have been destroyed permanently without addressing the environmental impact. Accountability, God and nature are blamed. Um, actually, Cal, we are supposed to do environmental impact assessments before uh, starting projects. The question is what criteria is being used and how extensive they're and how extensively they're done. Because you need the you need the assessment before any project is given the go ahead. Yeah, but it's a project by project uh, type of a thing, right? So the the issue really is if you look at the fact that the Selangor State Government has this grand plan for developing the area, an area that, you know, a lot of advocates and experts, uh, well, at least some of them are saying, really shouldn't be developed in quite the same way. And in fact, uh, you know, uh, they're advocating that the Selangor State Government buy this land and in order to keep it pristine. And we see this issue all over the, uh, this, uh, this country. The need for uh, some financial heft uh, behind uh, our desires, our stated desires to protect the environment. This is one of them. So, yeah, whether the EIA works or not uh, is one thing, but we need policy that recognizes the type of country we are, the kind of landscape we have, and seeks a design that you know preserves um, that preserves the environment for our own good. Well, Munif is actually. Um almost responding to Cal in a way and pointing out the holes in the current system, uh, saying any development needs to have its development order submitted to the Jabatan Pranchang of the region. From there, you can find evidence of foul play easily. If there are no records of the order being submitted, then the developer can be questioned. If there was a submission and the Jabatan Pranchang approved it, then they can be questioned. It's the easiest thing, but we know justice won't be served regardless and these tragedies will persist. It's as Malaysian as it gets. That makes me sad. Um, you know, it always makes me sad when people say, ah, this is Malaysia, things are never going to change. Well, it's, but it's, a, it's an angered mm. resignation about the way the country runs, where, you know, business as usual means that developers are not just there in terms of the, they pitch a project or whatever. They actually, I think, control the minds of many of our politicians on both sides of the aisle. They have no regard for and no imagination. I think there's a serious lack of imagination among our political class when it comes to the environment. Keep those thoughts coming. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.